Okay, welcome back to another episode of Just Another Bozo on the Bus. I'm your host, Paul Randack, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Mandy Murray. Hi, Mandy. Hi, thank you for having me. It's so great to have you back on. I was trying to, th- actually, I was just trying to think, when was it that you were on the show before it was, was it in the fall? I think it was in the fall. Maybe, no, maybe before that. I think yeah, summer. Well, I'll find out. It's been a while. <laughs> It, it, it's it's been a, been a while. It's been a while. But it's good to have you back, and I have been kind of promoting that you, you were going to be on. We're going to talk about your book, um, talk a little bit about TEDx. and uh, But let's start off. You've been traveling. I mean, the the basis of, um, well, your, your book's called Cloud Surfing. That's right. the title of it. Uh, we'll get into the subtitle in just a moment. But um, this I, this idea of travel's become this, this mantra or... Um, soul search, soul journey for you in for a, a while now. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, you, where you, where you, where have you been off to recently? So I have been in Nepal. I've been in Kathmandu, and I've had the opportunity to actually stand above base camp at Mount Everest um, twice in the last six weeks, which is pretty amazing. Twice in the last six weeks—that is pretty amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it, what, what were you going there for? Was this for a personal adventure and so, seeking? So, you know, it was for a client. So what, what happened is in January, a client says, come out with me. We're, we're doing this give back. We're educating some kids and creating, you know, boarding and education. And we want to give them emotional and, you know, like meditation and yoga. Mm-hmm. And we want to we set up a program to take them from living on hay or in a bed with, you know, six people in a room smaller than what we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, to being able to have the tools to thrive and giving them an opportunity. Wow. Um, and so they want me to come out and tell the story. And so we started We started with that, and I went out the first time with intentions to go for five days. Uh-huh. And I left, went to Palm Springs for an event, and I was speaking at and then was immediately on a plane back to Kathmandu, <laughs> and then back to North Carolina, and then I've been back to Kathmandu, and I just got back less than a week ago. So and it turned it into three trips. Three is trips. What you're saying. Three trips. Okay. And and what what are you coming away from with this part of your he, your journey? Especially, you, there was a purpose in this. There, it, it sounds like a, a, somewhat of a deep purpose. I'm a not deep trying purpose. to over. Yeah, no, not at all. This. Yeah, it's 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 a deep purpose, and you know, I didn't expect to connect as much as I did, and and now you know what I take away from it is is that. Um, you know, these people are so happy and they have nothing. And my takeaway is, is literally like all the stuff, it doesn't matter. It's all the relationships. It's all the communication. It's all the happiness that, mm-hmm. that we share together. That's, it's the meaning of life. And we've talked about this before, but you know, it's, it's really just staying grounded and aligned and, and, you know, being part of something that can have mm-hmm. such a big impact on a country that truly needs it yeah um it's pretty it's pretty powerful yeah well and you know that you were you you talked about this idea of unplugging literally unplugging Mm -hmm. um and i'd had this feeling i mean i had this experience the other day where i was walking and i realized i had my phone out and i was literally walking looking at my phone and i was like what am i doing you know what what is it that i'm I'm so, I'm so busy that this this screen has just become interwoven into uh, my life in so many aspects, and it was kind of a take back moment where I I kind of had that is this how I want to live, mm-hmm. and or is this just the life I've I've chosen to create? But is it really what I want? 
and I, I didn't have, I mean, part of me was saying no. And part, you know, there's part of me saying, well, this idea of needing to be connected, but this isn't really about connected. It's more about information. And I, I, there is a connection part to it with work and things like that right. and, and the things that are going on. But there's, that doesn't really feel, that doesn't feel like it's about that's being connected to people, you know, or community or having, you know, v- vibrant, vulnerable, intimate relationships with people showing up and, 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 and being there. Yeah. Um, this is more about information and, and, so I, I don't know if you if you do this too, but I've been watching I've been watching my screen time. Do you do that too? <laughs> I have yeah. been watching my screen time. Some days I'm like, oh, <laughs> what did I do? So it it had been going down for weeks. You know, my average screen time was going down about. It's this sounds terrible. <laughs> it's going down about twenty minutes a week for the past four or five weeks. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, I'm going in the right direction. And, and then I had this week that um, it went up forty five minutes. Yeah. So I was like. Yeah, I've got to take a look at this and how that is. So it's this idea of having less, right? It is. Idea of having less. And it's funny because for Christmas this year, for my closest friends, I I wrote letters to them. So it wasn't wasn't gifts. And then in the letter was, I'm not giving you a gift, but I'm giving you time. And so that means that maybe we're going to go on, you know, a hike one day. We're just, whatever that is, you know, for everyone it's different, but giving time and literally without my cell phone or my laptop, because for people that know me, I mean, traveling and working all the time and writing all the time and, you know, I'm always connected on the phone. And so we have to just find those times to, to just put it away. And all my friends have commented this year, they're like, when you're with us, your phone's not with you. And I said... Yeah, I don't need to take a call for an hour. I'm yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, so I, I probably I feel like I need to confess something else. <laughs> it's a confession <laughs> moment <laughs> as I'm sitting here because I want to be I want to be real about this. Yes. But um, so I I got my kids all got me an Apple Watch. They all pitched together and got me an Apple Watch for, um, well, not all of them, but I, I'm guessing the, the most of them got an Apple Watch for Christmas. You mm-hmm. know, and um, it has not helped. Right. It has not helped. Um, it's helped with some things as far as, you know, staying connected for information without having to get my phone out. Right. Um, you know, especially that's that's going on at work. But it hasn't helped with me being um, more present. So I had this whole story about it. It's going to, you know, I can now, you know, check my AFib and, 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 uh, and you know, do EKGs on my Right, which is amazing. Things. Which is amazing it, and really cool. Yes. And in, in my case, um, I probably shouldn't be using it for that because I do have AFib. And I have AFib most, most of the time. So it's like, <laughs> it's not really built for someone who's using it. So I stopped using that aspect of it and, uh, and uh, was probably a smart thing to do. But I... I this in the sense of confession, I'm I'm saying uh, I had this rationale for getting it, and then I thought about it, it really hasn't. So as you <laughs> notice, um, I I don't wear it all the time now, yeah. which has been been an, an effort yeah. to change my my screen. Just time. take one day off. Yeah, you know? I, I've been taking a couple, yeah. two to three days off yeah. a week. That's good. Yeah. yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Especially weekends. Especially weekends. I always so. think of the Apple Watch as like the Dick Tracy watch, you know, from yeah. <laughs> like you can talk into it. Yeah, well, you get a call and you take <laughs> take the call. It's like, you know, I mean, I almost did it in group the other day. And I went, no, you're in the middle of group. What are you doing? You know, <laughs> It's amazing what technology can do. Yeah, I would have heard about that too. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> so let's let's talk about cloud surfing and and this book. And we did you did mention it a little bit last time you were yes. you were here, and you were in the process of, of getting it done, and it's out now. Um, and it's it's something that is you know these last at least the last two years. Maybe longer. So you've been working on this for a while. For a you've while. been wanting to do the story because yes. actually, no, it's longer than that. I remember yes. when you first started talking about yes. this. Yes. Okay. I um this this book has been, I mean, if we're honest, it's been ten years in the making. Okay. Um, there was a there was a round one that I don't even think had a title. Cloud surfing wasn't even in existence at that moment. Mm-hmm. I knew I loved to travel, but cloud surfing was not you know kind of mm-hmm. what I branded myself with and. Um, the first book was just angry, but it was, you know, it was, that was more therapeutic and this was therapeutic in in its own way. Sure. So as you know, with writing, you know, when we write our stories, Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's very therapeutic, but the first round was, was just getting it out and being able to, to speak about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it just sat away. And what's funny is I went to look for it. I couldn't even find it, which is good. Oh my. You know, it wasn't, that wasn't meant to be, but. You know, I got the anger out first and then was able to transform. Yeah, Yeah. it is fascinating. That sounds so therapeutic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the whole title, I guess, Cloud Surfing, Abuse, Cancer, and Fear Took My Voice. That's right. That's right. And Now I Soar. Now I Soar. And I love this picture on the cover. I mean, it's. I know no, no one can see this, but um, <laughs> I'm assuming this is representing the 10-year-old Mandy. It's, yes. It is representing the yeah. 10-year-old Mandy. This is seat 1A. <laughs> yes, this is seat 1A as a 10-year-old. Could you imagine being in seat 1A as a 10-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> I probably was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I remember the first time I flew, I was like six. So, yeah. 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 Oh. I, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that. So... Let, let's go ahead and, and just give this uh, give this a shot, and, and okay. how much we, we can go. I've got, I got as I told you beforehand, I've got a bunch of questions, but um, this this idea that the book starts out with you 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 talk about um, your trauma and and your abuse and and the history of that, and um, that's the brown carpet story, which it you is. told you told a little bit yes. here while you were here last night. Um, but this, it's, it's sort of like is this idea of learning. One thing that came away from it as I, I, was, as I was reading it was this idea of learning to begin to hide myself, mm-hmm. you know, because of all this shock and trauma that's coming in, not knowing how to deal with the, this world and um, believing that if I, if I ever, you know, talked about this, that, you know, I would die that you know I would be I would I would be killed and so the, the this seems like I've got to figure out a way to to hide from this mm-hmm. and of course it's a secret as well and it's meant to to, to be kept that way the the reference to where you are at this at this point um is learning how to protect yourself from the monsters under the in the world i guess really right it's just this this one was in your home and you're, you're not alone with having that experience of, right. of having a monster in the home but what what was that like what was i mean this idea of of not knowing where to go i mean i i know you ended up you know finding these safe havens a little <laughs> bit and way be- even before dance i mean it was like the bathroom you know going right in and you could you could lock a door right yeah, yeah it, so it, it you know um I think when when this trauma is going on, 
and the abuse is going on like hiding it was it was constantly like okay how can i not be in the house mm-hmm. if i'm in the house let's take a flashlight and go into the bathroom and you know lock the door and read from the bathtub and it's really funny because when you're sitting here talking i reflected now how like if i if i need to get away i'll like go take a shower and like <laughs> so it's kind of funny because it's it's something that has stayed with me it's sort of like that's where i'm okay yeah you know, um, and so I like that. That's kind of like my personal space too. Yeah. So it's a trigger for me. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you're when you're ten and things are going on and you you don't you're not in control. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying to I, you know I was always I was always trying to hide or find places to go or be with friends and you know that's when I really got serious about dance. I love dance, but I got serious just so I would be gone five days a week at dance lessons mm-hmm. um, as much as I could be. Well, and dance became a, a way. For, I mean, this is what I thought as I was reading it. It it, it came in to my consciousness being that that's a way you connected to your body because at that point you were had disconnected from your body disassociated from mm-hmm. it because of the abuse that was happening absolutely you can't live in that place right but dance was a way that you could you could find that you and could reconnect to it absolutely it was and it was the only way that i felt that i was living uh-huh. you know i mean school and everything sure. and friends but you're and it's a secret so you're just harboring it but dance is the only place that you're actually able to truly express yourself hmm. You know, besides schoolwork and, you know. Um, well, it's something physical, too. Yeah. And and it, dance is not easy. I mean, you it's it's something where you're pushing yourself, right? Absolutely. And, not, and have, being someone who hasn't had any experience, by the way. So, you know, I feel like I, I'm talking like I know what I, I'm talking about. I don't have any fucking clue what I'm talking about. Dancers are athletes, you yes, know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's it's very physical and demanding. Yeah. And you spend a long time doing this. A too. long I mean, time. It 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 wasn't it wasn't that. that. Um, so this this idea of finding dance did and it helped you sort of escape in, in some ways this mm-hmm. this idea of the monster under the bed literally or in the other room right whatever or wherever. Um, were you were you able to you know sort of you know find a way to to you know take this sort of some, some of this pain and, and be able to work through it through dance? Were you conscious of that happening? You know, I don't think I was conscious of that happening uh-huh. at the time. Okay. Um, it was, you know, as I grew older that I started recognizing that, you know, that was dance was like my therapy. Mm-hmm. It was the way to process. Um, at the time, it just, I just knew that I was, I was happier mm-hmm. and I wanted to be around these people Sure. because I was happy and I was, you know, doing well and you know kind of the studio that I was at is like the owner she's always sort of been my second mom and I'm sure that this was part of me attaching to her mm-hmm. um, and attaching to dance in that in that realm but it didn't when you know when I'm 10 11 12 sure, wasn't right. part of it but later right. on I'm like realized how much it was such a big therapy for me well and, and again this idea of I mean because shame shame is such a powerful thing um, and it lives in the body. It seems like it's alive within us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like, uh, not almost, because it is. I mean, my at least in my experience with shame, um, it's a filter I see the world through. You know, even though it's all internalized, that something's wrong with me, I'm seeing that that's with the, the same case with the world around me, that there's something wrong in the world because there's something wrong with me. So my world is is upside down a little bit. Yeah. 
so did, did dance allow you to begin to, I mean, not that you're doing this on a, on a conscious level again, you know, yeah. at, at that age, but did you feel sort of the, some of that shame begin to, you know, lift away when you were I dancing? I did. Yes. Because I, I felt like I was myself when I was on the dance floor, mm-hmm. whether it was performing or just in the studio, it was, I felt like I was myself and that I was free. Uh-huh. And so there was no there was no judgment unless uh-huh. my leap was bad, right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> unless my performance was right. off, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. and so and so, yeah, absolutely. I felt like you know there was no there was no shame, but you know, then when you're back in the home environment, and not that there was shame, it was just it was a secret, and so I felt so insecure. Hmm. Well, you're supposed to hide it. I mean, right. you, were, you were told, you know, yes, <laughs> don't don't tell anyone, you know, for for fear of your life. Um, and th- th- and this led into then this, this sort of this next stage, where um, you you were carrying this this guilt and this shame and this and what seemed like a physical illness at this point. Remember we talked a little bit about this last time, mm-hmm. and so I, I may be f- fumbling around a little bit here, and and I, I apologize for that. But this notion that you know something inside of you was 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 broken that was wrong in the eye and and you began this notion of uh, you know identifying yourself as this this person that 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 uh was broken and wasn't whole anymore and this especially then associated to developing your my uh, three bouts of of cancer right right, right. yeah and and I can only imagine what that would be like, especially through the identity of what it meant within your culture. That your our culture here, sorry, your yeah. culture, <laughs> our culture here in uh, Utah. Um, the the identity, uh, especially gender identity, what it is to be a woman, and so right. uh, it's closely attached to being a mom. Absolutely. And again, this. You know something's wrong with me. You know from the the monsters that I'm, I'm dealing with in my life, and now this has turned into something else. Right? Can you talk a little bit or, or share about yeah. what that was? Yeah. Like? Um, you know, even even when I think you know I had all all of this physical health stuff happening, mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily associate it with with what had happened with the abuse mm-hmm. at first, you know, it was just, didn't correlate. It didn't correlate. Together. It was yeah. like, Oh, well I'm sick. Okay. Well I'm sick. Okay. Well, um, Oh, okay. Wow. It's cancer. Oh, I've had, you know, six surgeries in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just this constant, there's all these things happening and I'm not correlating it and I'm in pain and not understanding. And then at the same time, I'm supposed to be okay. Mm-hmm. So now I've gone through the abuse. Now I've, you know, had been told I have cancer the first time. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, well, you need to have kids. Well, well, you need to have a man in your life and you need to be taken care of. And um, you're not living to our you standards. You need, you need, you need. Right. You're not living to our standards. And then part of that was my own you know, I guess probably projection of what they wanted, Mm -hmm. you know, what everybody around me wanted, because here now I'm like, you know, the misfit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't, I don't fit the black sheep of of, of things. Yeah. The black sheep of things, you know, I'm not fitting in. And, and so it's, it, it's a very weird, it's a very weird place to be in our culture Mm -hmm. here because, and at that time, I think a lot of things have progressed, you know, as we've talked about, but there's still, there's still an underlying culture. So here I am a woman, you know, I've been abused. It's it's a secret. Let's not tell anybody. And then, 
now you have cancer. Oh, now you can't have kids. Mm-hmm. And now, well, you're you're really not okay. Yeah. And it's almost like a scarlet letter kind of yeah, thing. At this it is point. like, I, and I felt like that a lot of, a lot of the time, like I'm supposed to walk around with, you know, an A for abuse or a C yeah, for right. cancer. Like, right. you know, yeah. at what, at what point do I, I'm like, okay, well I'm up to S. I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's true. And I've thought, right. I mean, I, I've, I've talked and written about that, that same thing of the, the attic goes around feeling like they're a scarlet letter, that right. something's wrong with them. Then they're Absolutely. an outplace or outcast in society. Yeah. The, the same kind of notion. Yeah. yeah. And we take it on ourselves. And sometimes it's not even society doing that. And sometimes it is right. But we take it on ourselves and, we just internalize it. So I always just internalize that I'm not good enough. I'm yeah. not deserving. I can't have and I won't have. And so, you know, what What am I doing? Well, that's true. It's definitely not all of society. Right. And, and <laughs> I, I realize how loosely I frame that. <laughs> there are portions within our society. Absolutely. Where certain people, right. based upon cultural norms, yes. often express you know, some type of bias or, mm-hmm. or prejudice towards other people Absolutely. You know, for, for different reasons. So. Absolutely. Um, one of the other things that uh, I, that came out of uh, this, and I have a, I've, I've working with, um, and I think of them as, as young women. I mean, in you know, in, in uh, where I where I work, and um, this, they they all have kind of a similar story at some point that someone didn't believe them, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that was something that I remember that that stood out a lot um, as I was reading. Um, I think this, I don't remember which chapter. I think this was the second chapter, but I could be wrong. Um, this idea of when you were ready to to speak out, that you, you felt like actually connecting to your voice on this, and and someone and the feedback, and you were hoping to get. I'm so sorry, you know, that sounds terrible and, and these yeah. kinds of things, but you got kind of the opposite. Do you want yes. to talk about that experience? Yeah, um, and I, th- I think that that's something that we're faced with in a whole in society. I mean, just look in the last couple of years of all the media, me too things and times up and, and not that I want to go there, but there's, there's this stigma, you know, and, and we get ready to talk about it. And in my case, when I was, you know, Okay, I'm going to talk about uh-huh. it, and then it's like, this didn't happen. Yeah, let's just not talk about it. But the problem with that is that you know, then it puts more self doubt, like in myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, here I mustered up all this courage to say, right? Um, which hey, you, which you, if you you were and you've been living with, if I if I ever do talk about this, something right. more harm will come right. to me. So right. you know, I'm 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 already thinking. Okay, if I ever say anything. I'm not going to be living. Okay, finally, I'm going to say something because if I don't say something, I'm not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. This is going to just eat me alive. And then saying something and saying someone saying, no, yeah, no way. That didn't happen. Let's not talk about it. That just, it just felt like a whole like mountain of rocks just came back tumbling down mm-hmm. back at me. You know, mm-hmm. like here I'm going to summit my mountain and then, you know, I'm just, I just felt like I was just like crumbled yeah. inside this, this notion that, um, that someone doesn't believe it, especially if it's someone we trust and we hope that, you know, we'll, will be, uh, an ally to us in some way or a protector. Um, a, a story comes to mind that's similar is, um, a client that I've had recently. She was 
13 years old and um, her cousins abused her on a family trip and um, she went and told her dad about it and her dad didn't believe her mm-hmm. said no that didn't happen that couldn't happen and she went well, if I, you don't believe me, who, what do I, where do I go with this information? Because that's who she was on the trip with, her dad. Right. And the idea of not feeling safe, so then am I just supposed to allow this to be? I mean, how do I remove myself yeah. from this? I, I don't feel I can. And that really sort of set into motion in that person's life, this whole series of events that kept repeating every few years over and over again and, until they were in their early 20s and, you know, and finally got some help. But it repeated and kept escalating. Um, and I, I remember being with with uh, with this client and, and trying to explain to them that that is a terrible thing to have happen to someone that, you know, I mean, this person felt like they were daddy's girl and that kind of thing. And, 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 and then the father didn't, you know, stand up and, and, and believe her and, and said this would never happen because those were his, then his nephews. Mm-hmm. So the idea for him, I, I tried to, you know, talked about this is like, Yes, that's that's a terrible thing to have happen. But to try to understand it and look at it from a perspective of why someone may do that and why they may want to deny that for themselves would be that. I mean, multiple reasons, but primarily, well, I'm not, I'm not able, I'm, I wasn't there first of all, so I couldn't protect you, and so it's better I believe it didn't happen, which. I, I, I know it doesn't seem rational in some ways, but from the sense of, of being, um, you know, the father in that position, feeling like something had lost because his relationship with his daughter changed after that. Absolutely. When she when she when she shared that information um, and his feeling of being out of control, like I don't I can't control what happens to her in the world. And so he just kind of pulled back mm-hmm. and. For better or for worse, um, it's something that's just now beginning to heal in their life. So, well, absolutely. I mean, it's a cycle, right? Until we can heal it. But yeah. In in that re- in that respect, with the father, you know, it, it there's so many dynamics to these things because the father wants to control and now realizes he can't, right? And at the same time, there's all these family relationships that you're supposed to have. You can't <laughs> break the family relationship and the family bond. And, well, you're not supposed yeah, to anyway. Yeah, not supposed to, right. <laughs> and, you know, then there's the, um, let's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to agree that that happened because then I have to take responsibility of that and right. I don't want to take that on. So it's right. easier just to say, didn't happen. Yeah. If something happened, let's just yeah. sweep that under the rug right. and, and you'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. But what we don't realize as, as whether, whether it's the parent or whoever, like, that that action at that point then man- keeps manifesting itself in some way until we can heal. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and the the idea, obviously, I think why why um, families struggle with this is that that it seems almost this idea of you know am i going crazy i mean you talk about this you know a little bit in the book is you know am i going crazy in these moments am i thinking that you know that i i'm the one that's crazy you know is something wrong with my judgment 
too, when the family can't even process sometimes this information. So the way to, to deal with it is to deny it or it wasn't as bad as you think or, you know, minimize the impact the defense, me- natural defense mechanisms come up. Um, and and in this case, um, I think in the same of your case is that there was never any support or, or counseling offered no, for that there was as well. Not. Yeah. And that could have changed the whole dynamic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, this idea of breaking through the, the, the denial mechanisms and and thinking about this more from, you know, what? how do we solve this this yes. issue, this problem that, that's in front of us right now? So, which kind of also makes me think about um, this notion that I, I've always, well, I say always, but I've, I've come to embrace in many ways. And um, this idea of being at disease dis-ease mm-hmm. and i know you talk about this in the book right yeah. um, the idea of disease um what was it creating or causing disease disease, disease. disease. Yeah. was that what it was uh-huh. yeah okay yeah what, what, how, what, how did you kind of come to to understand that um you know i think this was probably back 10 years ago around the time we met and i can't remember exactly if it was book or conversations with friends at mm-hmm. the time um but that that was always a conversation of what disease was mm-hmm. like disease and we always talked D- about disease uh-huh. like it just creates and i know and i actually know that about my body like even now mm-hmm. i can now if if things in my body start going off i know that there's there's an issue hmm. um and i know that i need to work through something which is pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's about listening, right? Yeah. That is that is about listening. And I, I mean, I'm not saying everything about my body, but you know, there's there's always like some red flags. So you know, there's there's something off. Uh huh. Right. This idea. Okay. So one of the things I wanted to to visit with is the notion of of when you felt like you 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 knew you had some choices to make, and one of it one of the choices was, and one of the things that you had like a lot of people fall into when they don't feel okay about themselves and there is shame there. They look to feel the ways to feel okay is to help is to please other people. That, that was my role. <laughs> that, the role that wasn't my role is the role that I chose for yeah, a long time. Right. Yes. To become a people pleaser. Okay. Yes. Um, but there's something changed here. I mean, this idea that you wanted to take your life into your, your own hands. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I couldn't, I mean, I can't say like what, what date that was, right? But yeah, <laughs> what but, moment? Yeah, what moment? The, the light that, switch, right? Yeah, yeah right. because it's 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 always a work in progress. Mm-hmm. But I knew for so long that it was just like I was constantly pleasing everyone else, and I wanted to do things, and it that well, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Why why would you want to do that? That's just crazy, and mm. you know. So at some point, it's like no. If I if I'm in control of me then I need to, I need to do this. And I think that's, you know, right around the time that I was like, I'm going, I'm going to take this job. I'm going to go to the Bahamas and I want these experiences in my life. And, you know, I'm not going to, the white picket fence next door is someone else's dream. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'll get there one day, Mm -hmm. but that's not where I'm at now. So let's take control. Mm -hmm. And how, I mean, how I had that, how that came, Mm -hmm. you know, after being, through everything, cancer three times and mm-hmm. the abuse and this people pleasing. And I mean, I don't even know really yeah. how it, how it came about that. I was like, okay, 
let's do this. But it's almost, I mean, I almost get this sense when I'm reading this, and I might, parts of, the, of it are flashing back to me right now. This sense of like something kind of trying to burst to the surface, it, mm-hmm. it feels like. Yeah. Like something, or, or maybe maybe that's maybe that's too, uh, you know, alien-esque movie type stuff. But, you know, sorry, terrible image. <laughs> um, but more so like something growing within you that needed to, that yeah. needed to sprout, like germinate and come out. Absolutely. Um, maybe that's a much better way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I th- and I think that was, you know, because I felt like, I kind of felt empty. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pleasing everyone and I'm going through the motions of life. And, and that's learned too, right? Yes. I mean, and becoming a people pleaser yeah. is learned, especially culturally. It's Right, it's it is. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm just, but there's, there's more. I knew that, I guess there was something that I knew there was more. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what more was. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. But I knew that where I was. It, it wasn't there. Wasn't there. Okay. And that, and then, so you took this job. So I took this job. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm from Utah. And I'm moving to the Bahamas. Uh. <laughs> All right, let's talk about comfort and food. <laughs> yes. We did on the last time you're here. We did talk about chocolate cake quite a yes. bit, but it 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 the, it's this idea of of comfort and food definitely. Um, I, I always felt, I mean, I felt as I was reading, uh, the chapters about this, that this, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of reminiscing in there, um, and a lot of grounding too, you know, the, the stories with your grandmother and the, right. and the, and the, and, and the, the fudge brownies. brownies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the oh. things that you, that you, you, you remember and mm-hmm. even the, you know, going out to dinner and, you know, with them or whatever it was, lunch. Right. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, this, good, these, this is good stuff because there's something about it where the, you, you're safe in those moments. Yes. And I feel okay about who I am. And this is grounding. And then food becomes this thing that, oh, this is even better. I can have this experience anytime, right? right. No matter where I am. No matter where I am. Yeah. Yeah. You can eat chocolate cake every day. You can it's, eat chocolate cake every yeah, day. It's funny. Yes, too. you can. Yeah. <laughs> my one of my girlfriends in North Carolina. She, she read the book and she comes up to me and she says, "Okay, chocolate cake was my favorite chapter." And she goes, "Replace chocolate cake with wine because I just love wine." <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So we all have we all have our our comforts mm-hmm. and what we seek and what we go to. Um, and it's amazing how food, mm-hmm. food, you know, is, it, it really is like this people glue. It brings people together. We all get together. What do we do? We eat. Yeah. Right. So it's this common denominator of so many, of so many families and cultures. And, you know, even, even when I'm in Nepal, yeah, you know, yeah. we get together and we eat. Oh, we talked about this last time because yeah. it was right after um, Anthony. Actually, yeah, right after yeah. Anthony so it must have been last spring even, or maybe yeah. it was. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, this idea of how culture and food are, are yeah. so woven together. Yeah. Yeah. And travel and, in and that, travel, right? When you right. when you immerse yourself into another culture and how much you learn when you sit down and break bread with people. Absolutely. So, so yeah. it's you know, it's a part of us, but it's really easy to then just dive back into like our comforts mm-hmm. and you don't even, before you know it, you're, you're deep into it mm-hmm. yes, and, you that's right. and you're like, Oh wait, how do I back up? <laughs> Reverse doesn't work so well. <laughs> Forward works really well. <laughs> well, um, yes, but, I guess the ultimately the idea is what moderation, you know, learning moderation. learning to moderate and adding other things in. So absolutely, um, 
I, I would, you know, knowing a, a little bit about you in your life, you know, uh, like I would, I'm guesstimating that, you know, bringing something like a yoga practice in, you know, takes up some of that room too. So it's not yes. as much about cake and right. those kinds yes. of things. Yes. Right? I've, I've overcome the, the, you know, the need for cake. <laughs> I you transcended cake. Uh, yes. your cake addiction, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Yeah. yeah that's I should cool. be on cake words as a judge. No. no. <laughs> yes, you should. I'm off. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Because, you know, a couple hours a week, you know, that'd be fine. That'd be fine. Yeah, that would be fine. Yeah. So, um, but this this is also probably understanding, um, you know, how, you know, addiction too, right? So getting some background, some feel for that and, and what it's like to self-medicate with food. And I still relate to this, um, this, this notion that food becomes a way to kind of fill in certain gaps. Mm-hmm. And I kind of see it, it, it sounds silly, but in, sometimes I think of it as the kind of the mortar when there are all these big pieces of brick or or stone that you need to kind of be held together i i can tell you how many stories i have in my head of how you know they were joined together with food <laughs> <laughs> yep and, that, uh. and i don't know how i know that that's not the healthiest way to, to do things all right blue rocking chair this really was this just this this resonated with me so beautifully <laughs> and um you want to talk a little bit about the, the um, what this is? This is in the in the chapter, it, the, the snug corner, right? Yeah, snug yeah. corner. So this yeah. is this is the Bahamas, and um, Kenny Chesney's song "Blue Rocking Chair" is just always since the time in the Bahamas resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes me back to this place of innocence of of you know being 25 26 year old six year old self mm-hmm. living one of the most beautiful beaches in the world and um i mean playing in the ocean like literally playing in the ocean every day like i was a kid mm-hmm. but i was an adult i was an adult kid playing in the ocean and living this well you had an adult body but yes yes, yes. Yeah. living in this like you know beautiful place and learning about myself and that was the place that you know, the Bahamas is where I discovered that um, even though people didn't want to talk about it and believe me and that I'd been through all this health stuff, that this was not really normal and this wasn't something that I should just, like, be okay with. Mm. And that, you know, hey, this is the first time I started opening up and talking to people and um, I still have so many great friends from that time that we keep in touch. Because, Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. yeah, you know, it's and every time I talk to him, it just like it takes me back, and all I can think of is blue rocking chair mm-hmm. and just you know staring into the most beautiful ocean and perfect sand, and that's my that's my happy place. It's mm-hmm. funny too, even in all these yoga workshops, the workshops that I've been a part of, like with, you know, like close your eyes and be in your happy place. And I'm always back <laughs> in this blue rocking chair, staring at the ocean and just enjoying the sounds of the waves and the birds and, you know, just the breeze. Like I can, I can take it back and like feel the breeze on my skin and, uh-huh. you know, just, yeah, it's my, it's my place. Do you want to, you want to read those couple lines you have? Yeah. A couple. Yeah. So yeah. The, the lyrics are... There's a blue rocking chair sitting in the sand, weathered by the storms and well-oiled hands. It sways back and forth with the help of the winds. 
It seems to always be there, like a well-trusted friend. I've read a lot of books, wrote a few songs, looked at my life, where it's going, where it's gone. I've seen the world through a bus windshield. I'm going to call it a plain windshield. But nothing compares to the way that I see it, to the way that I see, to the way that I see it when I sit in that old blue chair. Yeah. And it's, you know, just, I can, yeah, I can feel now, it, right? Like, I it just, feel it coming just up. It right just takes there. me back. It's just, um, you know, I think we all have to have that, that vision of like, what is our, what is our happy place? Like, what is, what can we, where, where can we be in nature? I think it's kind of important mm-hmm. that, that we can feel and touch and see that, that takes us to just this like incredible, just mental place in a moment that grounds us. And I think that's what, the rocking chair does is this also a time when this idea of who you were that your identity was really starting to come out because it had been tied to so much here and Mm -hmm. and so much grief and pain and and uh, and 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 trying to just and, and sometimes just trying to survive that that this really your who you really felt you were and wanted to be and exploring your identity came out at this time you know it really did i i was ex i was exploring everything about myself and it was like it, it was like i was reborn mm. you know like there was this new life that was given to me mm-hmm. and my old life didn't exist mm. because i didn't walk down the street and have that letter a on my chest yeah Right. You know, so everyone just accepted me for me and it wasn't, oh, well, you can't have kids. Oh, you can't. It was just like, no, we're just living. And so it it definitely was like this. The old me sort of was was dead. And, and, and yes. I don't mean that in like a negative way. It's just like, it was like, all of that was just over. And here's this new life. And I had this great new life, mm-hmm. but... I hadn't dealt with, you know, I was in the process of still now understanding to deal with the old self. I've kind of, <laughs> I've had this experience recently and this thought that, and this is not recent. I mean, I've had it for a while. Um, but this, this notion of that's like, you know, the shedding of a skin. Mm-hmm. I think it, um, what, what are they called? or what do they call when snakes do this? But that's kind of what it feels like is that, that of, of moving beyond um, the stories and, and and a narrative that we had, knowing we need to come into a new place of our own, a being a place of being, and that idea of discovering, like, and then that part of us is coming off. It's literally dying away from us, and we're moving on yeah. past it. Yeah, I'm getting like you know, kind of like tears in my eyes because I I do I totally agree with that. Mm. You know, just shedding your skin and just having this new vibrancy. Yeah. Shedding, it's, it is. It's, it's a beautiful And way shedding to say our, it. our story that we, yeah. we carried for so long. Yeah. And then, and, and as we discover the, who we are, that identity, I mean, generally it's supposed to happen during that adolescence, but that's not really <laughs> always the case. Right. And, 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 and I mean, the truth, truthfully, identity is not a fixed point in time anyway. It's not. No. It's not. And it can always transform yeah. and tra- you know, transition, I guess. <laughs> okay um there was something i remember this idea of you know this probably is associated with this too this um 
notion of, of having to blend in all the time, this kind of becoming a chameleon for everyone else, right? That oh, I don't yeah. know if that I don't know if the people pleasing is associated with that too or not. But but it, this, it felt like as I was reading through this that the, you were kind of like, I'm ready to buck the system. I mean, yeah. there's just like, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm ready. Look out. <laughs> Here I come. <laughs> that might be that strong, independent side of me. You know, it, it was, like, uh, okay, hey. Yeah. Uh, let's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't want to be a chameleon anymore. I wanted to be me, but transitioning transitioning into that identity mm-hmm. so and the bahamas is perfect it's like yeah. oh here i am this is me and i'm exploring all this stuff and this is what i love and this is perfect but then when you start coming when i started coming back here mm-hmm. you know it's like different worlds different different worlds and and you are still kind of that chameleon and you're like i don't want to be that person huh. i don't want to be the chameleon i don't want to be you know um sorry this is who i am take it or leave it Mm -hmm. and that's a that's a tough place to be and you know you're still exploring so many other things Mm -hmm. you know i still had a lot of work to do yeah yeah so when you when you came back were there um did your family notice i'm gonna guess they noticed uh mandy yeah i'm sure they noticed a new mandy and you know there was conversations because i actually came back and at that point expressed how i'd felt Mm. you know and that I was trying to get over things from my past and from my sickness and, um, you know, so, and I'd never voiced that before. So I started gaining my own voice in the world hmm. and with my family. Um, I remember I put a note down. I remember that the, what made me think of this too, is that this transcending the people pleaser is what kind of came to my mm-hmm. mind. This idea that uh, I'm not that, I don't, I'm not that person, but that's actually not part of me. Yeah. I get that I've been seeking acceptance for a long time, but it's not really what I want. It's not really a core value of mine. It just seemed more of like a survival mechanism. I don't know if I if I picked that up correctly or not. But. No, I I think that's it. It wasn't a core value. I just picked it up. You know, I think I think you're one hundred percent right yeah. with that. So I did. You know, transcend from that. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Pausing. I'm gonna. Check my time again. Okay. Because I'll make a little edit here. 46. Okay. Four, why do I have 38 to here? I'm all confused. Uh, 38's the... the um Missing links. Oh, and this me. is where you... you, you this, you're talking about your yoga practice in here too, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. There was something about the teletone. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I love that actually. <laughs> Thank God Nutella was on the list. <laughs> That's really funny, actually. Yeah. I forget. You know how you write stuff and then you're. Right. I bought food for my I bought food for my my beachside residence that I had never heard of and wondered <laughs> how I was going to survive. Thank God Nutella was on the list. <laughs> that was my first spoonful of Nutella in my life. <laughs> and wow. 
I could tra- I could travel to any country and survive on bread and Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> You are not alone. <laughs> think that way. <laughs> I have I have at least three or four family members that think exactly the same way. <laughs> Nutella changed my life. Nutella changed my life. Okay. I owe all the credit to Nutella. <laughs> oh. Thank goodness. Okay. So um, this idea of um, of being broken really began to shift at this point. This is what I, I, I was remembering. Um, uh, and and you, you were getting into developing your yoga practice, really that becoming part of who, who you were. Absolutely. Um, I like the term yoga practice, but it's more than that. And I, I don't know, what words do you use when you, you think of this, of, of bringing um, yoga into your life? Um, I think it's... it's that's that's a hard like it's so hard um with yoga you know it's not just the practice of yoga it's not just the practice of like a meditation it's that it's just that self-reflection time yeah really is like that inner it's that inner time maybe a different a different way of connecting with your body that's much different than i mean because you use dance for a long time Right. right But yoga sort of took it. Oh, took it to a deeper level. It yes. did. It just took it yeah. to a deeper level. Yeah. Allowed me to, you know, sit with myself every day, um, which was, which is good, you know. So this 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 notion here that, that comes out of this is, you say I came I came to realize the missing links inside me, and learned that the only way to heal my broken self was through self care. I had to let go of the negative, and learn to say. I am beautiful, I am love, I am grace, and the most important, I love myself. Yeah. And that's really what Loga, yoga, Loga, I can't even talk, yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. It's like love and yoga mix. I love my yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, that's what yoga was, was learning to love myself, because until then, I really hadn't. Hmm. The Bahamas started my identity, you know, but loving myself hmm. was was with the yoga. It was, you know, looking at myself every day and working on myself and just constantly telling myself these things, which, you know, probably a lot of people are like, that's crazy. That's not going to work. But, you know, it's not it's not that you're it's not that that's just what it's about. It's it's just being able to say, sure, this happened and uh-huh. this this is a piece of my life mm-hmm. and this was a piece and it doesn't define who I am today. Yeah. And it won't define who I am tomorrow yeah. unless I let it. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I've, I mean, when I read this, this idea of, of what it means to when, when, when do it, when and where do I, I say yes to things. Yeah. Um, it, it sort of flashed on to me this idea of what are some of my instinctual boundaries? This is kind of what came up. Mm-hmm. What, are the, what are the things that I do? And when, when, what are the ones that kind of come up out of fight or flight? And what are the ones that come, that come up and I'm, I'm, I'm vulnerable and I'm, and I'm open, um, but I'm still, you know, listening and, and surveying the, the surroundings. This was a, a, it was a, that was a powerful experience. What, 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 tell me about what that, that this was for you. This, oh, it's so much. It's, you know, um, 
yes, I wanted to, to live this yes life of, I want to try new things and enjoy new things beyond Nutella. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but why? Nutella's so good. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to say, I just wanted to say yes. And so it was like, okay, I'm going to say yes to everything. And things started opening up and it was like, yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. And it also got to this point of, you know, saying yes didn't always feel good. So how do you live this yes life and be open, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. be open to new things and new experiences, but also you have to trust your gut. And Mm -hmm. so, yes, it's, it gets complicated, Mm -hmm. you know, because there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, just say yes, let's do it. And everyone knows that I'm like, ah, we should, yeah, do that. Say yes. Mm -hmm. But only say yes when it feels good for you. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I learned a little lesson with the yes yeah <laughs> a big lesson you want to share yes. that yeah um you know i was in a relationship and he he really wanted a family that was his big big dream and i wanted to give that to him because i loved him um and i don't think i was being a people pleaser i was like okay but then there was circumstances around the relationship that were off so we need to clarify that because <laughs> it wasn't just that you know i I said, yes, let's have a family. I mean, from day one, mm-hmm. I can't have my own children. Mm-hmm. We'd have to adopt, you know, and I'm not sure where I'm at with that. And um, so we we agreed that we were going to put in adoption papers. We were going to go down this go down this path. Mm-hmm. And when things were not aligned in the relationship, I had to say no. Mm. And I remember... Hmm. having to do that and I'm going to cry yeah having to do that and watching his face and say you can fix this if you just have a baby and just have a baby and you you just need to have a baby and again those are triggers for me yeah sure (laughs) you know but um to to crush his dreams of having a family was and he has a family now, so he's, I'm sure he's happy. Um, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. but to be in that place and be the one that has to say no after you've said yes to them, I mean, this is a major life decision. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the reason I had to say no was not because of not wanting or desiring mm-hmm. to have a family. There were a lot of other circumstances that it wasn't right to bring a child into right. a marriage that was not a marriage yeah i understand and and but you know like to have to to have to say no after saying yes is really hard and now i really try to you know listen to my gut because we're not always right (laughs) we all say yes and no when we shouldn't probably i I, I make mistakes Yeah. yeah well and that's a that's definitely a hard place to be in um i i think i mean when when i heard you say that i i felt the the, the the sadness and and the concern and and feeling like you're you're crushing someone else's dreams but actually i mean i sort of step back and go you're actually doing that person a great favor because if it's not true for you yeah and you do it again for someone else it kind of brings in the old notions of you know people pleasing chameleon behavior those right. I'll, I'll become what you want me to be so that your life can be complete right and and then this idea of it's not okay to change my mind. I mean, yeah. Or 
why isn't it okay to change my mind? I guess. Yeah, I mean that that could go deep, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is is it okay to change? Is it is it okay for me to change? Be able to change my mind about things? And I think that gets scary too. It does get scary. Yeah. When when we're um, dealing, especially with relational dynamics, you know, when I I give my word to someone or I, I I share a dream with someone, and then I decide that this probably isn't the best way to go about this. And my gut's telling me to, to stop. Yeah. Yeah. We have to listen to our gut, Yeah, which is why I, you know, say, you know, is it shackles on or shackles off? Like, do you feel shackles on, shackles yeah, off. that yeah. you're restricted? You know, yeah. are you, if, if this yes feels restricted, it should be a no. Yeah. Just, you know, we have to listen to our gut. And I think, I think that part of listening to our gut though is, having that time to connect to ourself mm-hmm. so we can listen to our gut and mm-hmm. we're not distracted all because you know life is distracting from mm-hmm. phones to as we talked about earlier oh, you gosh. know from, from everything so sometimes yes. sometimes we're not in a clear place to make a decision that we're listening to our gut and we're rationalizing it i mean it's it can be complicated it can it can be yeah and it can also come off as you know it can also come off from you know, an outside perspective that, you know, people aren't being true or, or something when the the actual, just the opposite when it's being true to ourselves, right. which always comes back to that notion of self-care, which in relational dynamics sometimes can be confusing. Absolutely. Um, it, can, it, can, it can get so convoluted in what really I need to do for myself um and and being true to myself and taking care of myself but also you know honoring a partnership of some kind and and that depending on what the relationship is you know whether right. it be family whether it be a you know right. a romantic partner or, or so on. self-care um so important yeah okay <laughs> i know i know we were wrapping up about talking you know when and where to say yes and this idea of um What's okay, and we're in boundaries and those kinds of things. And this this next part that that stood out to me um, was this writing on the wall that you had seen in Germany on this this trip. Um, it, it stood out quite extensively to me because I wanted to. Look, there were definitely things in my own life that I, I really wasn't looking at, or I, I had been struggling with myself. And I kind of mentioned to you this has a little to do a little bit with boundaries and and wondering, you know. Um, am I living for myself or am I living for others? Am I working to, to live or am I living to work and, yeah. and those kinds of things? And, and what you wrote was uh, what it translated to in English, because uh, I'll, I'll hack up the German. Um, do not dream your life, but rather live your dream. So you were traveling to this part of, this was a side trip, right? That a you side were trip, yeah. So we went to this um, Switzerland. My, my great-grandmother grew up in Wattenville, and it's a... You can't even call it a city, a community outside of Bern. Um, And so we did a little side trip to go see it and go see this church. And we go into this cafe and there's this, you know, hey, on the walls, this do not dream your life, but rather live your dream. And it just it just hit me because at that moment in time, I was, you know, all about dream bigger and be, you know, do more, dream bigger, see more, live more. And even at then, I didn't know what it was, but dreaming bigger was was Mm -hmm. getting into the clouds and traveling and and taking all these experiences and furthering my identity and my, you know, building who I was. Feels like an expansion. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a good word. Yeah, expansion. Yeah, yeah. And so um 
to be there and look at this and to be standing there, you know, in a place that, you know, maybe my grandmother stood in, great grandmother stood in. Who knows, right? Possibly. Yeah. And easily um, could have been. And to and to see this live your dream just hit home. It hit home in the sense of like live live what you want to live. Mm-hmm. Don't don't live for other people. And of course there's gonna be times where we're helping people and doing stuff, so but make sure that you're making the choices and the decisions that mm. that feed you. Yeah. Because if you're not fed, if you're hiding, if you're mm-hmm. being the chameleon, if you're, you know, doing mm-hmm. everything for everyone else and you're not staying true to like mm-hmm. who you are, then you're just getting back into that vicious cycle. I, 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 uh, I posted this. I'm, I'm, this is, I'm sorry. I'm going to social media for a second because let <laughs> down the phone. I'm kidding. Ter- it's terrible. Um, <laughs> But I had I had I had posted this, and um, it really resonates with this. The same thing we're talking about: if outside validation is your only source of, of nourishment, you will hunger for the rest of your life. It's so good. I did see when you posted yeah. that; it was so good. And that's the same kind of thing, right? It is. Is what What is it that feeds me? What is yeah. it that nourishes me? Quenches my thirst. Yes. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't have to be this expansive dream. Just what feeds you? Yeah. And it can change moment to moment, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. This kind of gets back into maybe the when to say yes. (laughs) When to say yes and when to say no. (laughs) (laughs) Going back full circle a couple times. (laughs) All right. Um, Yes. The clouds are my perspective. The clouds are my gravity. Then you go into talking about um, the song Strange Birds by Birdie. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. <laughs> I'm glad you're laughing you're too. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna well, we're gonna it's, uh, yeah, speak yeah. the the strange birds lyrics. Yeah. Strange birds. <laughs> no one wants me to sing. So this is by Birdie. Um and I, I say that this therapeutic there's a song that gives me this therapeutic embrace when I'm in the clouds and it says Little ghost, you're listening. Unlike most, you don't miss a thing. You see the truth. I walk the halls invisibly. I climb climb the walls. No one sees me. No one but you. Little ghost, you're listening. Unlike most, you don't miss a thing. You see the truth. I walk the halls invisibly. I climb the walls. No one sees me. No one but you. Always love the strange birds Now I want to fly into your world I want to be heard My wounding wings still beating You've always loved the stranger Inside me ugly pretty My wounded wings still beating You've always loved the stranger inside me ugly pretty we don't have to go the oh oh that's okay all right we'll go so we'll go on and he says, oh, oh no 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 oh <laughs> oh little ghost you see the pain but together we can make something beautiful so take my hand and perfectly we'll fill the gaps you and me make three 
I was meant for you and you for me. You've always loved the strange birds. Now I want to fly into your world. I want to be heard. My wounded wings still beating. You've always loved the stranger inside. Me ugly, pretty. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell me why, why you put this. Why this, uh, it's, you know, um, I feel when I'm in the clouds, hence cloud surfing, no, um, I feel like when I'm in the clouds, I just have this, it's like this connection to heaven or like this like perfect light or this, that, that, that sees all of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the clouds and it sees all of me and I, and I have this, you know, I have ugly inside and I have scars and I have all this beauty too and all this desire and inspiration and just like, it sees, it's like all of me is there. Mm-hmm. I'm not having to mask anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not having to be someone different or someone not. I mean, sometimes I do cloud surfing karaoke with seatmates and, you know, uh, it's just... I can, I can verify that. I've yeah. seen it. <laughs> you know, but just like, it's just, I, it's just me. There's no, there's, there's no um, outside force that mm. wants me to be anything different yeah. than me. No filters. No filters. No filters. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Any, anything else you want to close with about about this experience of this this book and writing it and what what it is you know um the only thing i'd say is that when when i was here you know the book wasn't finished i was still mm-hmm. working on it and i didn't know how the ending was going to be hmm. oh okay yeah and um the ending was sort of You know, it's very real time, and um, I didn't. Yeah, it it felt it. I didn't know, and it just it it just came down one day. Um, two of the last chapters just they just happened. Um, like like they like, do. Yeah, like they do. Mm-hmm. And I was in complete, you know, crazy tears, and um, such a it's such a vulnerable book. It it's is very real. Yeah. <laughs> it's and raw. And raw. And raw. And, you know, the reason for, for the book and for, for bringing up speaking your truth and finding your voice mm-hmm. and, and the growth process, because I, I wanted to give people the like, okay, here's what happened. Here's, you know, the health stuff. And then like the little steps that I took to, to overcome mm-hmm. and to get to a point of where I saw Right. And, um, yeah, I wanted, I, I wanted my stories to be able to help someone else just whatever that is for them because it's so important that we all Mm. live from a place of you know taking care of ourselves and a place of love and grace and and enjoying kind of like the beauty of what life really Mm -hmm. is without the filters yeah (laughs) yeah well and grace is uh, I, I told you before we started today yeah. that I, I when you when you were working on a completely different project in a completely different time that uh, that that were those words kind of not kind of that they resonated something inside me I didn't know it right away what it was um, but it, it's it's been an important part of uh, my personal journey in healing understanding that 
that uh, approaching life with grace is is um, in some ways one of the most important purposes I have. Yeah. Um, and and honestly, I'm not always good at it. Uh, I, I have my 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 bozo. Well, I have plenty of bozo moments. Oh, okay? We all but, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess if I have a goal with that, it's to to to. Um, be a bozo with grace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm going to adopt that. <laughs> so anyway, um, so you, you kind of, when you finished this book and you were kind of surprised, it sounds like that the, the, the ending as they often do, they, they come out and they sort of like, it's like giving birth to something. Yes. Yeah. Like something even new. So yeah. what's, uh, what's, what's next? What's next? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, there's, I guess, um, what's next? Well, TEDx Riverton is well, we'll, next. We yeah, well, we're going to go there. But yeah. for, for like, what's next? You know, um, there's, there's some more books inside of me. I think if the clouds could talk, I think that one's actually going to become a book. Oh, that um, would be perfect. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. because I've met so many amazing and interesting people. It's sometimes the best conversations you know, you meet someone and just have a great conversation and it's exciting. And mm-hmm. then you go separate ways on different airplanes. It's I really t- fun. It's fascinating. I actually. totally agree with yes. you on this the experience. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a slightly different world. Yeah, up it there is. in the clouds, isn't it? It, it really yeah. is. And and beyond that, um, I just asked my father if he'd write a book with me. Oh, so wow. uh, yeah, he's had four strokes in the past year. Oh my! And he's you know he's functioning so, but mm-hmm. um, he's always wanted to write a book, and oh, really? he's um, never done it, and his short term memory is is not there, mm-hmm. and he's got his long term memory, and so um, it, it'll be a novel, but it's going to be related to his mother's story, oh. and it'll be my, so my grandmother, um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that he's signing on to this project (laughs) (laughs) if not i will do it but uh so that's that's kind of what's next in in you know in the realm of well he may forget it once in a while but it's a short term right kind of kind of a fun project to to be able to work on and uh give kind of that dream to my dad that would be a beautiful experience to work on fulfill fulfill something that he's always wanted to do so there's that um still lots of cloud surfing this year Mm -hmm. um a lot of just probably different little projects with that. Um, oh, you got, you got an award this year too. I, I, I did get an award. <laughs> you don't miss anything. Yeah. I was, I was named by a, a to, yeah. thank you, but yes. no, I do miss a lot. <laughs> but. Um, yeah. A, a, a magazine out of the UK named me the best like freelance mm-hmm. travel and health writer, um, in the U S which is, you know, it's it's just a name. it's just a little saying so you know yeah but congratulations but, yeah, thank you, got, you very much you, you got was it travel writer uh, travel yeah travel and health writer Tra- travel yeah. and health writer so, of the year congratulations yeah, so thank you very much so yeah. there'll be a lot more writing on i like how you tried realms. to minimize that yes i know i'm like that's not a big deal so yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so you know um i'm ghostwriting a couple books um one for a CEO that's it's very health intensive mm-hmm. and uh, which is which is also good because you know I like 
I like the health aspect. I like the travel aspect and kind of the wellness and chocolate cake aspect. So, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like good. you're hitting all the right, yeah. the right buttons. All the right one. buttons. Okay. So, you know, I figured out the things that feed me. Um, cool. So just more, more, more of that. Um, okay. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, TEDx Riverton. TEDx Riverton. Yeah. Yeah. So would this be the second year? This will be the second year of TEDx Riverton. Last year we did it at a, at a theater and I'm, I'm changing it up because I want to take people outside of their comfort zone. Okay. So we're going to a farm. Cool. Yeah. We're going to do it at a farm in Riverton, um, Peterson's farm Mm -hmm. and hundred guests. That's it. We're going to keep it small and intimate. Um, Going to all be in a barn. We're going to all be in a barn. Awesome. Yeah, there may be some, you know, activities involved, but waiting to see how that all shapes out. But it'll be a full day. So June 5th, a um, full day on the farm of great speakers, including <laughs> yourself. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes, which is, I'm so excited about that. I'm honored to, to yeah, be I'm participating. So um, this year's theme is infectious. <laughs> and some people are like infectious and I'm like well don't take it as like you know infectious disease but yeah, right. but like what's infectious like the it's, things that stick about with this here. right we're not talking about herpes but we are talking about the things that that like stick that stick on and like go yeah. somewhere yeah. so you know what is infectious how can we what can we do here in Riverton yes you know or this not just Riverton but happens to be my address so yeah, no i understand you know yeah so but like in our community, in our community. Let's, let's so yeah. Our, yeah how yeah, what can yeah. we do in our community that can mm-hmm. have that impact to be infectious not mm-hmm. just not just one time exchange but how can we continue to be infectious yeah and and of course it's about ideas i mean that's what that's what ted talks right. are all about so all about ideas. being infectious with our ideas I, yes. I get it and i like it yeah so good stuff so I'm super All excited. Right. And uh, there aren't a lot of tickets to this. No, 100 right? tickets. Yeah. We've already sold 20, um, and I haven't even been advertising. So 100 okay. tickets, um, that's it. Well, people ask uh, me where they, where they can so get tickets. So TEDxRiverton.com okay. is where they can. Um, if you want to, there's been some people just reaching out to me directly, mm-hmm. um, just through Facebook or sending me an email if you have that. But um, yeah, I mean, you can reach out and... Anybody can find me on Facebook under Mandy Murray. Just send me a message if you're interested in coming. But they will be. Um, I don't actually think the link is f- up for tickets, so I'll get that up within the next week. <laughs> <laughs> this but, is the perfect moment to announce that. Yeah, perfect moment. Sorry, the link's not up. So just send. Yeah, it will be up. So and you can contact through TEDx Riverton. So yeah. I get all the messages. Okay. Yeah. Um, any other way to contact you or anything you would want to promote today before we? sign off no if they want to um if anybody is interested in the book they can go to my website oh, there we go yeah, yeah. mandymurray.com so it's m-a-n-d-y-m-u-r-r-y.com okay. um it's available there and you know you can send me a note through there and also my cloudsurfing.life is the is the travel blog um but you can purchase the book there it's also on amazon for kindle perfect so, yeah. perfect and I should say, um, this is this is kind of a has a it's kind of a workbook too. I mean, you've got some some of the chapters have yeah. Know, some of the chapters have some questions. So I you know I I relate the you know what I guess what I learned and what I went through, and then I kind of ask the questions at the end to see if there's anything that's you know 
reflecting. It's reflection. So yeah. I mean, it's used re- to say things to reflect upon. Yeah. You know, and I think that's 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 a really helpful and important thing because yeah. you're, you're bringing up issues that so many people have struggled with in their lives, and it's a way to look back through your story and to reflect upon their own experiences and their own feelings and thoughts about these things. So yeah. Thanks, Mandy. Thank you so much for having me. It's always so wonderful to see you. All right. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, next week, let's see, I think Andy Stewart is here. And the week after, um, surprise, uh, Randall Carlyle will be here talking to us about his story. Um, if you guys don't know who Randall Carlyle is... Well, let's see. He has been a newscaster around this country for the last 30 years or 40 years or something. He was actually at my wedding uh, like 30 years ago. So um, we were a different time for both of us. But uh, that we won't be talking about that during that. Uh, we'll be having him share his story with us. The following week, I think, is a Bozo Roundtable, but I'm not sure. But anyway, thank you all for listening. Um, Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. We'll go out as we usually do with little Joan Osborne. Bye.